Shumai Akroisor, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. This week we chat to Robin Woods and Robert Jones, long-standing players in the Swansea Midweek Leagues. They've both been playing this form of cricket since the mid to late 1980s and have seen the highs and lows of the leagues. Our chat took place just off the Mumbles Road in the Swansea Tennis and Squash Club. The background noise you can hear in the recording is an ongoing game of squash. I hope this doesn't spoil your listening to Robin and Robert's contributions. Why don't we begin with a little bit about you both? So I don't mind who goes first. Robin, do you want to say little things? A little bit about you, how you came into contact with cricket as a sport, maybe, and um, and also what what brought you to Swansea, because you're not a Swansea boy, are you? How can you tell? (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm Robin Wood. Cricket. Apparently, it was a sport I was involved with before I was born. Um, Being taken to the Oval when I was about six weeks before I was due. Um, I can't remember much before about 1965, but it was a good season for England. I don't know who who they were playing at. I think it was West Indies. West Indies season. Um, I remember growing up in Bedfordshire and then Essex and being first Keith Fletcher. That didn't stay. Uh, and then Derek Randall. Um, and then loving most sports, apart from football. But cricket was the one. Cricket was always the sport for me. Yeah, I, I ran a lot. I played all sorts of sports to a reasonable standard, but cricket was the thing that got my heart. Um, played a lot. Probably played far too much as a teenager. Um, it helped me to keep fit. It helped me to find friends. It helped me to just stand out at things I suppose um, it helped me when I was expelled from school <laughs> that I had played for my teacher's team um, and the drunken headmaster being so impressed with my ability in the field um, decided that if I uh, were to show the same commitment to school he would allow me back in and make me head boy so yeah that worked um, but I came to Swansea, you're right to say, I'm not from here. I came to Swansea by accident in 1987 to university. Um, finished university, bought a house, got a job, met someone, had a baby. House is still there, baby's now 28, so yeah, other things changed. But um, I didn't really get straight into cricket at Swansea. I played a couple of times at university. Um, went home for the summers, um, but when I settled here for good, then I found Mr. Jones's team, uh, found other teams that offered me games here and then, and then I stumbled into the Guildhall League, which was one of the midweek leagues at the time, um, and within about three months of being in that league, I was running the City Treasurer's team. Where am I, done? I never worked for the City Treasurer's, but they were one of about 10 or 12 departmental teams, including highways and leisure and parks and development, development old boys, two separate teams. So really that gives you an idea of how strong cricket was as a grassroots setup in Swansea. And the pitches that we can see out here now, there were six of those, and they were full four nights a week. And Saturdays. And Saturdays and Sundays with cup games. Um, and cricket was absolutely thriving. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a little while. Rob, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? And um... Well, very similar to Rob, it's, it's in the bones. Uh, yeah. um, 
I found a pile, I found a pile, a pile of old score books uh, uh, several years ago, um, early 60s when I was born. And uh, my mother's birthday is on the 10th of August. And I was born on the 11th of August, 1962. So I was thumbing through these score books. And then there's the 10th of August, 1962, on my mother's birthday, the day, day before I was supposed to play. My dad's playing cricket for Sketty Church. <laughs> so as I said, it's in the bones. So I, um, I started playing for Sketty at the age of 17, 18, because there was no use cricket there to talk of, really. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just grown and grown with the interest I've had is, and the experiences I've had over the years have been fantastic, you know. I was captain from about 91, I think. Captain Sketty Church for probably 20 years on and off. Um, evening League, we played, I, I played for like Robin City Treasurers and uh, and Sketty played on a different night as well in the evenings so I played for Sketty in the evenings as well yeah so yeah and the, and the odd Sunday game as well it's as I said in the blood in the blood do, do either of you know where and how midweek leagues began clearly you're talking both now about the the sort of late 80s early 90s how far back do the midweek leagues go do you know long way back there was an industrial league that i think was started pre-war would have been works works units guildhall league was probably post-war but really strong and established and i I think it was two divisions at one point but after the war it was like 80s early 80s yeah mid 80s there was like seven divisions seven divisions and, and Central League at an evening league as well, which is high quality. Yeah. So it's like very, 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 very big in Swansea. Tell me a little bit more about that, the, the sort of that, that period where you first got involved, both of you. Tell me something about the, the, the atmosphere that was around those well, leagues and how they were arranged well, and organised. Um, early 80s when I started playing. Um, there was no evening league, so certainly I didn't play in any evening leagues. I didn't play in the Industrial League till I was about 22, 23, so that would have been mid-80s. And, um, and Sketty only played friendlies, Sketty Church only played friendlies, and that was the way of, um, of you getting into the Saturday team, because you, the, the Saturday team was quite strong, mm. and you had to earn your strikes playing in, 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 against evening opposition, and if you, if you did well, then you might have a chance on a Saturday. But the, the evening opposition was, was certainly competitive. And some, of, some of the hardest cricket I've seen played, to be honest, because it was very intense evening cricket. It was you know, 20 overs. Sometimes we went down to 14, eight ball overs or something like that. But it was really every ball mattered. You know, they say it now about 100, every ball counts. God, if you play cricket here in the there were some South Wales, yeah. South Wales first... South Wales and Mon first division players yeah. that played um, uh, evening cricket as well, <coughs> and uh, they played for you know uh, smaller clubs generally, but they played it so hard, yeah. and it was it was really good standard. But mind you, when you when you beat a team like that, then with oh, a couple yeah. of superstars in it, it was uh, it was a big fill up. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And the the teams were drawn from. 
all sorts of different areas of, of town life, kind of office teams, factory teams. Bank teams. Yeah. Police, teams. DVLA, garage teams, fire service, post office. Team. Clubs, you know, yeah. um, social clubs. Yeah. The rugby clubs. The network of pubs, the Brunswick. Yeah. All had teams. Yeah. Everybody had teams. We were not, not journeymen, but we weren't superstars. Yeah. Certainly, um, when you played against a first division player, batsman or bowler, you knew you knew he was a cat above. Yeah, and it was uh, it was hard, it was going to be a hard evening. Yeah. I think in our last season of playing midweek league cricket, which was 2011, last game of the season, we played against the fire service. And I can pretty much guarantee you that if there was a blaze in town, none of them would have been putting their, <laughs> their suits on. Um, but to, to face a team where in, in this 16 over game, one of them scores 150, yeah, you know that <laughs> they may be a little bit classier than you are, and certainly playing as hard as they possibly could. And then you've got bowlers coming at lightning speed out of the trees in the half dark, and it's, you know, it's competitive. But like Rob says, quite often the team spirit and collectiveness of people who work for the same organisation, or at least have been around together for a long time, really often made a difference yeah, and it, it is the scouts that you take that yeah. you remember isn't it? I remember clearly the last ball of the game again the last game we played in the league down here needing two to win off the last ball run out without crossing yeah, he was quite quite unhappy about that and you mentioned kind of big innings uh, and big hitting I mean it must be quite interesting now given all the talk of the um, the modern batsman and um, you must have seen some invention and some incredible kind of um, best, power hitting. The best player I saw at our level was uh, Keith Atherton and then on the play at uh, West Indies. And he played for Dunvant and, yeah. and Swansea and Kalani and he played for a few different clubs and it was always carnage. <laughs> Very talented guy. From ball one? From ball one. Yeah, and, and I think we played the Six Aside tournament once at... Uh, uh, a, a ground that's no longer there just up the road Swansea Civil Service ground and I think he lost 12 balls it was it was it was luckily there was on the other side of the group to us so we didn't so we, we didn't play the scheduled didn't play them but uh, yeah it was an interesting afternoon to say the least <laughs> yeah a number of times I saw balls hit from the bottom pitches here at Ashley Road onto the road into buses into lorries yeah yeah, and these, these were just ordinary players doing it, and it wasn't a small boundary. It wasn't your 40 metre IPL boundaries. These were you know, a good 60 metres, and then the, the clear space, and then the road. Yeah, some, some Mark Nelson hit, some monster hits down yeah, there on the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good young players, just good eye, good technique. What about administratively? How how was the league run at that time? And uh, there, were, there were two or three different leagues, weren't there? Yeah, there was um, certainly evening leagues. There was the industrial, all the Swansea Central, and then the Guildhall League. Yeah, I think the Guildhall League pretty much what it ran itself. Ran with, itself yeah, it was paid for at public expense. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, no, uh, the industrial league was. Um, uh, did I can't remember how long that yeah. uh, kept on going from the 1960s and 1970s because I didn't play it until the 1980s. Yeah. But I had the feeling with that league 
that somebody was, you know, it was infrastructure, it was you had to be voted on, blah, 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 yeah. uh, to, to have power and be on the committee, etc., to, uh, to make sure that things were done properly, fixture secretaries and things like yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, 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 and, and the same with the Central League. So there was a clear competitive element to all of it, but also a very strong social element. A lot of the teams playing were, were people that either worked together or knew each other. Yeah, of coming together. I mean, there was always teams you didn't get on with, but there were teams that you got on with, like a house on fire as well, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, bar afterwards and a drink, yeah, yeah. And where was the bar? Was that... Where did you... If we played at Ashley Road, we'd come up here. Yeah, okay. or sometimes to the pub on the pond, or the Westbourne, or for years, even posting went back to the Riddings pub in Brim Mill. Yeah. And I'm sure this bloke never cottoned on. In all the 10 or 12 years we've been going there, we all turned up in whites on a Tuesday night. He just never had an idea we were a cricket team. Mm. Never did anything for us, but it's changed a bit now. I think pubs are competing for business, so they'll put on food for us to, to bring 30 blokes back afterwards. When did you feel things started to change, and what? When did you start seeing a drop in the number of teams available? And uh, mid nineties, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, gadgets that the kids play for, you know, Minecraft and all that. They once uh, Xboxes. Once that came along, there was no real interest in outdoors. There is with some kids, yeah. But it definitely dropped off. Yeah. To a big, big degree. Funnily enough, talking to Parks Department, who we rent our pictures from, um, not that long ago, they were saying that the big impact was when the Liberty Stadium was built, two pictures at Morville were removed, and people had something else more exciting to do on a Saturday than play cricket. They were going to watch Swansea in the Premier League, and that was a, a, a big killer of all sport. It, went, it coincided with development of five and seven side football, so you didn't have to get 11 people out. So a lot of football teams fell aside at the same time. And then there's the, the other things which are a bit more dubious, like Sunday trading, Sunday shopping. Um, and and the, the move to personal fitness, gyms and running, rather than team sport, I think killed a lot of cricket and football and rugby in the city. But, but I think it's cricket that's been hit the hardest. By, certainly by the early 2000s, the, the Central League was down to two divisions of probably eight teams per division. And then not long after that was one, I think, final season before it was really called off. Um, it was one division of five or six teams, and it was a you know, real sudden demise of, of a, a solid and long-standing organisation. I think there is a, a, a league still operating in Nice, Nice Guardian League. <coughs> But nothing in Swansea, and not and, and nothing in Swansea for about twenty years ago. Yeah, no, no. evening cricket. Yeah. yeah, and you were the you've been the captain of the of the, the Sketty Church side, or, or, or were for a long period of time. Yeah. How did you go about recruiting players? Where where did you where did your players come from? More recently, um, our Saturday side. <clears throat> just dwindled and dwindled and uh, we've had more Asians being interested and they're great guys, good people and they are cricket, cricket crazy yeah. and uh, now, when he, now when it comes to an evening game if we haven't got a fixture we, we've 
they, they say to me, well, just get a, just get a grant. We'll, we'll get 20, 22 people there, no trouble at all. <laughs> and that's what happens. You know, there's like six or five or six uh, white guys and, and the rest are, uh, are Asians. And, and we, are, we have a ball. We have a mix, a good mixture, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, yeah. Lot of Pakistanis, Bangladeshis. Yeah, connections from the yeah. mosque, and yeah. then there's yeah. Yeah. some it's Caribbean. And yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, yeah, this year. <laughs> but we've, but this year in particular has been definitely our best season for a long time in the evening games because the atmosphere has been absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Every game we played, we've lost some, we've won some, and. The, they bought into the Asians and, uh, and and a couple of other guys who uh, the white guys who really uh, did did struggle with me did struggle with me a bit because you know play to win play to win play to win and I said no it's just, this is just practice for Saturdays now come on and all of a sudden now this year it's been really really enjoyable because everybody's bought into it. Some of the less, some of the guys less ability have had a chance to bat or mm. bow, and it's been just the best season ever. For I know, me, I know me. when, I know when we had a conversation, uh, Robin, a few weeks ago, you talked about this uh, being very important for you mm. to defend this idea of social cricket. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us, tell, tell us a little bit more about where where that idea comes from and how important it is to you as a as a sort of a cricketer involved in these leagues? Yeah, well, it sort of relates a bit back, and personally, to arriving in Swansea as a student, not knowing anybody, not knowing any, any clubs. And I went for four years without playing cricket here, you know, a place where I lived. And it was only just a, a chance, I can't remember how it was, we'd end up talking, I ended up playing for the Sketchy Church treasures. one day. Gift, treasures. We both played to the same teams on a different couple of different nights a week and I got invited to play on a Saturday but if I hadn't been playing midweek cricket in a formal way in fact if I hadn't taken over running the, the team I wouldn't have been playing and wouldn't have got to meet Rob and then wouldn't have been invited to play on a Saturday but if you relate that partly now to if, you're, if you've not come up through youth cricket if you've moved to Swansea or if you just think oh I've seen cricket I quite like that or I used to play as a little kid there is very few opportunities for you to get into a team now because the only cricket, apart from our midweek social setup that exists, is competitive. It's hard competitive, and it's you know it's, it's do or die. And if you haven't got a track record or somebody can't see something about you, you'll never get a game. So I personally think this is a way of not only accessing cricket in a way which you can be allowed to fail. You can have a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Nobody, the way we've structured it is that batsmen retire at 30, bowlers bowl maximum of three overs each. Everybody gets a game. Not only is that good for the future of cricket, but it's good for mental health, it's good for social connections, it's good for just a little bit of physical activity. We've probably got five or six out of our squad of about 18 who would not do any other physical activity if it wasn't for cricket. It is. It's, it's an exception. What we've got now, it's not a league. It's friendlies. <laughs> got to say that all the time. Structure organised friendlies. But it is. It is. Uh, every. I mean, we've got guys. We've got one guy that plays at the highest level around here. Club 
for one of the better clubs. And he absolutely loves playing on a Thursday night. <laughs> absolutely loves it. And I said, you like the ebb and flow, don't you? And he said, yeah. He said, one minute it looks like we're going to win, and then it doesn't. <laughs> and then it looks like we're going to... Yeah. It, it's real seesaw. It's real seesaw. And I said, that's what, you, that's what gets you going, doesn't it? That's what, you know. Yeah. And he says, yeah, it is. Every week when we report our fixtures, and we, you know, we share in this WhatsApp group how we got on and what happened, you, know, you can guarantee every week out of seven or eight games that are played, five of them have gone down to the last over. Yeah. And some have been you know, ties for the last ball. We had, we had three games last year where we won off the last ball. One of them was a six over extra cover flat in the dark. This format now has come in the last six or seven years, I think it might be. And everybody is like, oh, wow, why, why did we play this before? Yeah. Why did we play this format it's like all a horse, the time? Handicap horse race, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got a chance. And that was, I think that was the thing that killed the industrial league. If we take it back where we were, the thing that killed the industrial league was every team, whether it was a post office shop or a you know a garage or an office team, they get in three or four ringers. They get in three or four people who opened the batting, opened the bowling, did everything, yeah. and the others were just there to watch That's and right. fetch. That's right. I totally agree. And which put people off. It's like, why am I bothering? Why am I paying my three pounds to go and watch? All of this, the work of the leagues and the, and the players and so on, all exists outside the official structures of, of cricket in Wales. For you, do you think that's a good thing? Um, or would you like to have a, a, a more of a connection with, with... You mean like an affiliation to the uh, Welsh Cricket Association? Yeah, or something, yeah. Um, I, I, I've got... I'm, no, I haven't really got an opinion about it because... The guys generally who run the who run the clubs have got a very very good idea of how to run a club and how to run a club properly. This this all these friendly fixtures we played we played last summer. The the um, the captains and the and the and the, and the guys we played against have all been really 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 good guys, really good guys. And it it really doesn't need it really doesn't need anybody to um, it really doesn't need anybody to govern it. Um, there are situations where you'll get a youngster playing, and then you have to be you, you've got to have a um, um, uh, a child child protection officer in your club, which we do have. And again, you just got to have due diligence, make sure they wear a helmet, yeah. make sure they're not in any danger of your time when they're fielding. Uh, it's, just, it's just common sense. And we've, we've played yeah. the game long enough to know how to, keep, how to keep a youngster out of harm's way as well. And, and most of us, our first introduction to cricket was as that, that youngster. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was the 10-year-old fielding on the boundary and then fielding short leg so close you can get your cheek broken with a bat you know that's that sort of close child protection didn't exist then I'm glad it does now but I think the the other thing is that we are mentioned on the Cricket Wales website as being there is a network of friendly teams in in Swansea and I think it says there's about six or seven but yeah there's, there's double that I wouldn't mind working with them because I think we could what well, many of our players could do with a little bit of coaching 
many of our players could do with a little bit of training as umpires and scorers, you know, the things that all teams lack. Yeah. Yeah, so the, our setup is probably as big as the formal setup. Whether we organised, I don't know, but as long as we are sensible, um, then we'll be sensible and we should continue. What many of my team and many of the other teams have talked about in the past, so, you know, about becoming more formal, really puts a, a framework around what we do, but that framework may be more restrictive than, than supportive. And if we have to go down the routes of insurance and registration and you said child protection policies and safeguarding officers, I'm not sure every team would, would still want to do that and would, would carry on doing what they do. I get a sense from both of you that you really in, enjoyed certainly this season that's just finished. I mean, there's a lot of laughter from both of you and smiles. I was wondering whether you kind of had some nice stories that kind of make you smile when you think about the, the evening league, some characters oh, yeah, that I've played. Got a nice one. I've got a nice one, yeah. We were playing up the road in Sketty Lane and um, uh, we scored about 110 and we were playing uh, Sketty Church, we were playing Swansea Uplands. And uh, I think they were chasing, and they were, uh, I think they were 91 for nine mm-hmm. with one over to go. And uh, the air ambulance turned up, match abandoned, all up the pub for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an excuse. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I was, I, I, you know. Um, the Uplands, we always, we always have uh, ding-dongs with the Uplands, they're a great bunch of boys, but we always, always traditionally always have had ding-dongs with the Uplands, and we were licking our lips thinking, we've got this, we're going to win this, and the air ambulance took that. There's a player attached to our team who hasn't played for our team for a few years, um, primarily because of his injury record He's historically will injure himself whenever he goes near a cricket pitch um, this year he came to watch a few times and whenever he turned up he passed on his in- injury curse to other players so we've had young fit lads suddenly tear a hamstring we've had a, a lovely lad of ours who went to catch a ball dropped it and fell on it and broke his wrist <laughs> uh, and countless injuries over the season so Probably at our end of season curry night, we will award the Chris Peregrine Memorial Injury of the Year Award <laughs> to one of those players. But, uh, and then there was the another lad we recruited this summer, moved into a student house that I own on the Saturday. By the Wednesday, I put the appeal out for players needed, and he said, oh, I can play. So he turned up, we played a penard, came on the bowl, left arm over the wicket, first ball, Wicket, second ball, wicket, third ball, drop catch. So could have been a nice opening, but yeah, you, you never know when you can find the next superstar. And um, I suggest if you're recruiting for Glamorgan, come down here more often. Do you both feel optimistic about the future of, of midweek cricket in Swansea? That's absolutely brilliant. It really, it really does epitomise the spirit of cricket because, as Robin said, everybody gets a go. Everybody has a little. You know, and, and everyone has a chance to shine. I think that is, and, and you know, you've got novice novice bowlers <laughs> bowling at the end when teams need I don't know, say, fifteen. 
and and they only go for twelve runs off and 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 the you know wides no balls they all add up but they still manage to get through the over and only leak twelve runs and then they have to win the game yeah. <laughs> and they're ecstatic it's, it's they yeah. just can't believe that they you know and, and we've had numerous boys do that and, you know and and and, and they're, they're wide-eyed as if to say I just did that yeah absolutely <laughs> I just did that yeah and the idea of a few new ball, no balls but we won the game it was pretty much done to me yeah <laughs> the other great thing is the level the level up that is the pitches that we play on there. We have a very bouncy artificial wicket that most teams clamour to play on. And the, the reason that the network was set up was to try to stop the, the feeding frenzy that got earlier and earlier every year. One team in particular would be trying to sort out their fixtures on Boxing Day, <laughs> like ready for the season ahead. Be texting around everyone, oh, do you want to play us on 12th of July? We'll play the 19th against you. It's just, you know, it went crazy. So we thought we'd just try and coordinate it a little bit better um, because of the demand for this one artificial pitch at Merton. But personally, I prefer playing down here on our sub- yeah, subcontinental yeah, yeah. Ashley Road pitch, yeah, which always turns, never bounces. Yeah, we play up the road and that's a, that's a challenging track as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Are there any issues about it being parks, crickets? And- we deliberately play all of our home games at Ashley Road. We have done for 25 uh, you know, a long time, years. It has got lower and slower. You probably do with a bit more TLC. It doesn't help, but as the flattest piece in a, in a big ground, that's the first place that the lads want to play football on and golf and anything else. Um, and we do then also have the problem that you never know until four o'clock whether the game's going to be on or not, whether, whether it's been sunny or raining or whatever the weather, being Swansea, you can guarantee that there's an excuse not to put the game on. On occasions, it has been alleged. So yeah, and it's, it's, it can be frustrating, because yeah. the number of times it is called off, and you think, four o'clock, we could have played easy, but no, yeah. yeah, sometimes it goes before you, and sometimes it gets, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but one good thing has been that the council hasn't charged for permits this year because of a Covid recovery fund, sport recovery fund that it access. So, sixty pounds a game fee has been waived. So we have some money for curry night, which is, which is a bonus. Great. Well, thank you both for for chatting to me about the, right. the leagues and so on. Um, best of luck for next season. I hope it's as enjoyable as the last one. Uh, obviously, it will was. be. It will be. We don't Definitely. believe in luck. We really believe in talent. Yeah, no, 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 it will it will be just as just as enjoyable because as I said, this this format is a real seesaw cricket. It's marvellous. You know what, I think it should be replicated in you know by the ECB. We we should patent this format and sell it to them. It's better than the hundred. For a small fee. Yeah. <laughs> the ECP is very keen on new formats and new ways of playing, so you never know. I've, I've got two different formats. One is the retire at thirty format. And the other is that you're only allowed one bat. So if it breaks, you've got to play with the broken bat and the handle. <laughs> I don't think they'll go for that one, Robin. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's lovely, gents. Thank thanks you. for your time. Many thanks to Robin and Robert for giving up their time for the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with them, just email the show and we will forward that to them. You can contact us on mwcpod1921 at gmail.com.
Join us in a fortnight when we're back on the trail of past Glamorgan players as we interview batsman Michael Cann. So it's Where Are They Now with Michael, who'll be telling us some more stories about the great game of cricket in the great country of Wales. Bye for now. Bye for now. Story you have Nigrani. Macrosech Gisselti. Ebosioch MWC pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com. Nate Elchintidalin Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Nate Intidalin Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email MWC pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.